0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. I tell you guys all the time, always bet on red. And I hope you cashed on all of your Kansas City bets this season. All of the odds, props, promos, and parlays are available at BetOnline Sportsbook. You can use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to get a 50% welcome bonus with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. Welcome, 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 everybody. It is February 17th according to my count. It may not be that according to your count. But we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be listening. We wrote a book. We wrote a book. You guys remember back over the summer, and maybe those of you who are new to the program, we did a five-part documentary series for SB Nation's San Antonio Spurs page, called The Fall of the Spurs Dynasty. We learned about the Spurs history. We talked about Greg Popovich. We talked about Kawhi Leonard. And then we talked about everything that happened in 2018. And then we talked about the years after 2018. It was about a four-hour project. It was 100 hours of labor condensed into about six weeks on my part. And it was some of the best work that I have ever done. And it was still subpar. And part of it was condensing the timeline. My standards were not up to what I believed they could be. I'm really, really proud of the work that we did. And there's so many cool parts to it. You guys should definitely, definitely listen to that series because it is, at the time, the coolest piece of content I have ever had the privilege of making as a dream project. And the success of that project with over a thousand unique listeners. At one point, it was a top 75 basketball podcast in America, despite the fact that we had statistical information incorrect just because we were condensing the entire project into six weeks. I didn't think it would become the project that it became, and it did. And so that project with all of you who supported our dreams, whether from the SB Nation San Antonio Spurs page, from this podcast, and any of you who listened to that show from all over the world that made it a top 75 basketball podcast in America, that was what we could take to a press in San Antonio, Watercress Press, and they would help us self-publish a book on the San Antonio Spurs. And over the past four months of 2022, we wrote a book based on the scripts that we had from the fall of the Spurs dynasty. Many of the storylines are the same. There's lots of additional research and information in creating a historical book allows us to add direct quotes and research into it a lot easier than me reading it over a podcast series. And so we made a book. It's called The Spurs Dynasty, a historical account of the most successful dynasty in North American pro sports. My entrance into this story comes from Kawhi Leonard and my fascination with him as a child and his career in San Antonio. And it's blossomed into this incredibly interesting story about how to sustain success for 30 years which is unprecedented in all of North American professional sports and the San Antonio Spurs are such an interesting topic of discussion and so it turned into a 250 page book with 15 chapters that we put together and completed and edited and are now set to publish next week next week on February 21st on eBook and Kindle on Amazon, and February 22nd for the hard copy book. Next week, my work and my dreams are out there as a published author. And you can pre-order the book now, I should mention, just in terms of before I get into the soapboxing, and we're going to read some of the book here on the podcast today. Before I get into the soapboxing, let me point out that You can order the book now. It won't be available until Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, but you can order the book on Kindle and it will be available for you on Tuesday the 21st, or if you order on uh, Barnes and Noble or any book publishing platform, there's a bunch of them available you can do that with the link in the description to this episode. It is spur it's it says the title of the book, The Spurs Dynasty, a historical account of the most successful dynasty in North American pro sports. I listed it in the description of this episode. It's a clickable link. All the information is available. If you email me personally, I will get you 25% off the book and ship it direct from manufacturer because uh, then you can avoid some shipping costs and third-party costs. You'll get 25% off because I don't want to upcharge people if there isn't a need to. We make about... $10 $10 to $15 per book sale, and that's the, the margin that I want to keep it in. I don't want to upcharge people, especially loyal listeners of this podcast who have continued to support our dreams and my family and friends. So if you email me, I'll get you 25% off of the book. If not, just order it from Amazon or from uh, Barnes and Noble or any book publishing platform. It's all available with the link in the description to this episode. Uh, there's multiple links in the description to this episode if you want to find the book. It's there. Okay, got the got the plugging part out of the way. Back to what I was talking about a second ago. Next week, our dreams are going to be out there for people to read. and I've already seen dozens of pre-orders on the book, and I'm super duper excited about putting this out into the world and continuing to share this story because... It was a labor of love, and I'm so grateful that this is going to be a published book. And for you guys in the audience, whether it be from the Spurs Dynasty feed or here on Take It Easy, like after 1,155 podcasts and after all of the work that we've put in over the years to make a project like this uh, a possibility— As I'm 21 years old, fresh out of college, working in sports radio and sports podcasting, and wanting to be a creative and tell stories and do stuff like this. You know, when I say support our dreams, these are the types of dreams that have continued to be supported. Like having that be a thing that's about to be published is a big deal. And for you guys who've supported all of these dreams, I wanted to create a special audiobook experience because. We're podcasters. I mean, I'm a podcaster, but our friends of the show are also podcasters. This is a podcast medium, and I have these skills, and I wanted to— I mean, we created a documentary series through this podcast medium. I love podcasting and doing audiobook stuff, and so I wanted to create a special experience with this audiobook about the San Antonio Spurs. And the the podcast feed, The Fall of the Spurs Dynasty, I've been publishing the audiobook bit by bit, for the last couple weeks, and so I wanted to bring that experience here to you guys, in part with the hope that you'll support our dreams and pick up a copy of the full book, and even if you don't, just as a reward for this story, I want to give it to you bit by bit for free with this audiobook experience that I want to create with me reading it and potentially adding audio effects like we did with the documentary series and making it a special product for all of you and not putting any charge to it just by being someone who supports this show. I want to share in this moment with you all because you have supported our dreams. All of the projects, all of the work, all of the social medias that I've been doing over the past four to five years from 17 years old to now, has been about supporting dreams. And you all have supported our dreams. We hit over 200,000 downloads on the history of the podcast last week, and we're headed towards 210,000. By the end of this year, we're going to probably hit 300,000 downloads in the history of this podcast. And That makes me feel incredibly, incredibly grateful, and I get that big old serotonin boost that kicks in, and so for all of you, I wanted to create an audiobook experience for free here on this podcast, and bit by bit, we're going to release them, and bit by bit, we're going to have content around the Spurs book. I'm going to go on Locked on Spurs next week and talk to our man Jeff. We'll share that with you guys over here, and... We're going to share the first parts of the audiobook here today. It's about 20 to 25 minutes of the audiobook. It's the introduction. It's the first part of the first chapter, and I really wanted to share that with you all on this feed. If you want it immediately week to week, you can pick it up on the the, the Follow the Spurs Dynasty podcast feed, and again, all the links in the description to this episode will give you that content. Uh, again, whether it's picking up the book, whether it's going to the different episode feeds, which have been in the description of this episode for months, all of that stuff, I am just, I'm so excited that I could share with all of you. And if you're new to the feed, maybe you're discovering the 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 show for the first time. Enjoy the four hours of the fall of the Spurs dynasty. I think that the book is a more comprehensive breakdown of the Spurs dynasty, but this one particular aspect of the story is also incredibly interesting. And so I encourage you to check out that series as well, maybe just an episode or two, something that piques your interest. It was a labor of love that we put together the, the summer after graduating college, and nine months later, we have a published book And I'm super excited to share it with all of you. And so I've been rambling a while. There's just so many emotions and so much joy and labor of love that goes into a project like this. And I'm so excited to share it with all of you here on this feed. So without further ado, this is the introduction and the first part of chapter one. Here on the Take It Easy podcast and available on the Fall of the Spurs Dynasty podcast. Again, the full book is 250 pages. We're only reading about 11 of them here on this podcast today. So the full book is going to come out next week. You can pre order it now and it'll ship to you the day that the book is released on Wednesday, the 22nd. If you buy it on Kindle, then the book will be available in your Kindle feed on midnight, Tuesday, February 21st. You can read through the whole book fast, slow, however you want to go through it. The book is there for you. If you order a physical copy, obviously it's going to take a few days to ship especially if you're one of our international listeners. I know a lot of you from England and Australia have ordered copies of the book because I can see through the dozens of orders on the book where they're coming from. So obviously, if you order a physical copy, it'll take a minute. If you order on Kindle, it'll be there for you on Tuesday. And Again, we just appreciate you so much for supporting our dreams. I know I keep rambling and going in different directions here. So I'm going to quit the rambling and I'm going to turn it over to, well, myself and read the beginning of our first published book as an author, The Spurs Dynasty, a historical account of the most successful dynasty in North American pro sports. Oh, it just feels so good to say that every time. Even the full, really long byline just uh, feels so good to say the Spurs Dynasty book written by Kyle Ledbetter is available now. Oh, it's just it feels so good to say that. So without further ado, because I'm a podcast host, I can ramble. Here's the introduction to our book, The Spurs Dynasty. A historical account of the most successful dynasty in North American pro sports. Introduction Basketball is a sport built on the extraordinary where humans with an average height of 6 feet and 9 inches accomplish feats of athleticism with grace and precision. In a sport of the extraordinary, the Spurs dynasty was labeled as fundamental. In a sport built on excitement, the Spurs dynasty was quote-unquote boring. In a world that promises fame and riches for its most successful the Spurs dynasty shied away from the spotlight at every turn they could control. How remarkable that the great conquerors of basketball for 30 years ended up being the antithesis of what the sports gatekeepers, the National Basketball Association, had built as a brand. For three decades, the goals of the San Antonio Spurs organization were to be great in every single basketball season they competed. As you will come to find, very good was not good enough. They set incredibly high standards, very often surpassed those, and set new, more ambitious standards. For 30 years, this is what the Spurs dynasty did. When you win 50 basketball games in a season, be the first team to do it 20 seasons in a row. When you win 60 games in a season, do it 6 more times. When you win one NBA championship universally regarded as the greatest accomplishment in basketball, you win again, and again, and again, and again. When you select a Hall of Fame basketball player with the number one pick in the NBA draft, replace him with another one. When that player becomes even better than the first, replace him with a third Hall of Famer. The Spurs dynasty did all of this and more. No team in professional sports is built to last forever. The physical primes of the best basketball players last only between three and eight years. New athletes replace old ones in an intense competition for the right to hold only one of 450 spots on an NBA roster. In addition, The structures and systems of the NBA are designed to legislate parity, giving bad teams ample opportunities to become good, and increasing revenues for all 30 of their multi-billion dollar organizations. And yet, the Spurs defied all of basketball's standards, succeeding time and time again for three decades. They changed players, coaches, and executives, and still kept winning. As their NBA competition fell, history became the greatest adversary the Spurs faced. And such is the curse when chasing history, the Spurs dynasty concluded longing for more. The Spurs were a great basketball team for an unprecedented 30 years. It would have lasted 10 more, if not for a bizarre fallout with their third superstar. The Spurs won five NBA championships in 20 years. They easily could have won seven. Nevertheless, when all was said and done, the Spurs finished as the most successful dynasty in the history of North American professional sports. This is their story. A rise and a fall in between unprecedented greatness. Chapter 1. Standard Quote, Smooth, graceful, creative, unstoppable. George Iceman Gervin was one of basketball's most electrifying players. His passion, his desire, his drive to succeed combined with his extraordinary athletic ability made Gervin a nightmare to defend one of only three players in NBA history to win four or more league scoring titles, 1978, 1979, 1980, 1982. Gervin captivated fans for 14 professional seasons with the Virginia Squires, 1972-1974, San Antonio Spurs, 1974-1985, and Chicago Bulls, 1985-1986. Gervin still holds the NBA record for most points in a quarter with 33, and his silky, smooth finger roll, a shot he softly launched from any angle, was legendary. Quote. This is how the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame details the career of George Gervin, the first superstar in the history of the San Antonio Spurs the sharpshooting guard joined the San Antonio Spurs in the middle of their first season in San Antonio in 1974. Prior to 1973, the Spurs franchise was known as the Dallas Chaparrals of the American Basketball Association, also known as the ABA, which was, competi- which was the competing basketball league with the National Basketball Association, or NBA. Like many pro sports teams in the 1970s, The Dallas Chaparrals were facing financial hardships, and the governors of the team could not afford to keep them competitive. In 1973, the ABA franchise was leased out to a group of San Antonio business owners to see if they could make a profit in another city. After three seasons, San Antonio's group had the option to buy the team outright, extend their lease, or turn the team back to the Dallas ownership group, who likely would have disbanded the franchise. When the team moved to San Antonio and rebranded to The Spurs in 1973, the franchise agreed to purchase the 21-year-old Gervin from the Virginia Squires, another ABA franchise in financial disarray, in exchange for $225,000. When the deal was announced, ABA leadership attempted to prevent the deal from happening after Gervin's breakout 1973 season, stating it was, quote, detrimental the league's well-being. The controversy over Girvin's trade to San Antonio led to threats of lawsuits and U.S. Marshals pulling Girvin off the floor in Virginia, and ultimately led to a San Antonio judge ruling that the trade must go through if previously agreed to by both the Spurs and Squires. Girvin ended up going to San Antonio, while the Virginia Squires folded as a franchise in 1976. After Gervin arrived in San Antonio, he was named an ABA or NBA All Star every year for the next 12 seasons. The Spurs made the 1974 ABA playoffs in their first year in San Antonio, and then made the playoffs again in 1975 and 1976. The immediate success of the franchise led to the Spurs being one of four ABA franchises included in the 1976 ABA and NBA merger. In 1978, the Spurs' second season in the NBA, George Gervin won his first of three consecutive scoring titles, awarded to the player who averaged the most points per game during the NBA season. The Spurs made the ABA or NBA playoffs every year during their first 10 seasons in San Antonio. The Spurs won five division titles in a six-year span between 1977 and 1983, which were statistically the best years of George Gervin's Hall of Fame career. In 1979, the Spurs advanced to their franchise's first conference finals. In the NBA's best-of-seven-games playoff format, the Spurs had to win four games before losing four games in order to advance to the franchise's first NBA Finals. The San Antonio Spurs and Washington Bullets each won three of the first six games, which set up a winner-takes-all Game 7 for the Eastern Conference Championship. The Bullets defeated Girvin and the Spurs in that Game 7, and went on to win the 1979 NBA Championship. Note 1. The San Antonio Spurs played in the Eastern Conference until 1980, when conference realignment moved them to the Western Conference. They've played in the Western Conference every year from 1980 to 2023. End note. Three years later, San Antonio advanced to the 1982 Western Conference Finals, where they got swept by losing the first four games of the series to Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jamal Wilkes, and the Los Angeles Lakers. The next season, the Spurs returned to the Western Conference Finals, where they again lost to the quote-unquote showtime Lakers. San Antonio missed the playoffs for the first time in 1984, and one year later, George Gervin was traded from San Antonio to the Chicago Bulls, where he played one season alongside a 23-year-old Michael Jordan before retiring from basketball in 1986. In the 12 seasons George Gervin played in San Antonio, the Spurs went from an ABA franchise with the possibility of financial failure to a stable NBA team worth millions of dollars receiving a steady income from the NBA's first big television contract with CBS following the 1976 merger. The growth of popularity in professional basketball meant the San Antonio Spurs were going to be an NBA franchise for a very long time. The only disappointment is that, despite having one of the greatest careers in NBA history, George Gervin never got to play in an ABA or NBA Finals during his 12 years with the San Antonio Spurs. After losing to the Lakers in the 1983 Western Conference Finals, the Spurs did not record a winning record for the next four seasons. The worst of these seasons came in 1987, when San Antonio finished with a 28-54 and win-loss record, At the time, the worst season in franchise history. Note 2. Anytime we mention team records in this book, we'll use the standard basketball terminology of wins and losses. For example, 50 and 32 means 50 wins and 32 losses. And 6 and 2 means 6 wins and 2 losses. End note. In all major North American professional sports leagues, the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and the National Hockey League, new players who are entering the sport must declare for the league's draft, where they have the opportunity to be selected by a team, and that team in turn obtains the rights to that player. They can sign the player to a contract, trade the player to another team, or the player can sign a contract with another league while the original team retains their rights if they choose to play in their league. In addition to drafting new players into the league with a draft, the draft order is determined by order of record from the previous season. Teams with the worst records get to pick new players before teams with better records. Reverse order draft position is designed such that the best new players will be drafted by bad teams, and those teams will in turn win more games, sell more tickets, and there will be a more entertaining and competitive product for their customers to pay for. One of the consequences of reverse order draft position is that the teams who know they will be bad are incentivized to put a worst product on the floor in order to obtain better draft positioning and potentially get better players in the draft. Data from NBA attendance numbers between 2009 and 2019 shows a loose correlation between an NBA team's win-loss record and their average attendance rankings for the season. When a basketball team plays worse, teams see short-term decreases in revenue. When teams make an effort to pursue quote-unquote tanking entire seasons for better draft positioning, those short-term revenue decreases continue for longer periods of time. Additionally, unions want to disincentivize tanking because tanking correlates with teams spending less money on players as a way to make up for decreases in revenue. For decades, professional sports leagues have made efforts to disincentivize teams from actively putting a worse product on the floor. Historically, one of the most effective forms of disincentivizing tanking has been the creation of a quote-unquote Draft lottery system. The NBA became the first league to institute a draft lottery, which has existed in some capacity after every NBA season since 1985. In 1982, the Houston Rockets tanked to acquire the number one draft pick in consecutive seasons. Houston traded 1982's most valuable player, Moses Malone, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Despite leading the Rockets to the 1981 NBA Finals, then after selecting Virginia's Ralph Sampson number 1 overall in the 1982 draft and University of Houston's Akim Olajuwon number 1 in the 1983 draft, the Rockets advanced to the NBA Finals again in 1986. Olajuwon went on to win the 1994 and 1995 NBA championships with the Rockets finishing his career as an NBA Hall of Famer. Other NBA governors were furious that the Rockets were rewarded for trading away the league MVP and actively making their team bad. The NBA lottery was instituted as a way for the league to prevent other NBA teams from actively putting a worse product on the floor. Additionally, the NBA instituted a salary cap on each of their franchises, both as a way to improve competitive balance and suppress the wages of their players, increasing league profits. In 1987, there were 23 NBA basketball teams, and 16 of them qualified for the playoffs. For the seven teams who do not qualify for the playoffs, they entered the draft lottery to decide who gets the first seven picks of the NBA draft. Each team has an equal 14.28% chance of acquiring each of the first seven picks. 1987 was the first time the San Antonio Spurs had ever been a part of a draft lottery. In the first two years of the lottery, the Spurs made the playoffs with 41-41 and 35-47 41 and and records and were eliminated in the first round both times. During the NBA draft lottery, one representative from each team sat on the stage in New York, while NBA commissioner David Stern read out the order of picks from envelopes picked out of a rotating lottery machine on stage. One by one, Stern opened the envelopes to reveal the order of the picks. Seventh pick. Cleveland 6 Sacramento 5 New York 4 Los Angeles Third pick New Jersey Second pick Phoenix First pick San Antonio Spurs in their first draft lottery and only the second time missing the playoffs in team history, San Antonio would be selecting number one in the NBA draft. Adding to the glory, this was a special season to win the lottery, because there was a unanimous number one player in the draft, regarded as the most talented to enter the NBA since Olajuwon was drafted by Houston three years earlier. You can pre-order the Spurs Dynasty today with the link in the description to this episode. Spurs 6th Championship on Linktree is the website available on Amazon and Kindle, available on Barnes & Noble, and available most places that you order books. If you want to order the book directly from me and get 25% off, send me an email to takeiteasypod, with two d's, at gmail.com. We've typed out that email for you in the description to this episode to make things a little bit easier, and the link to my email is available on spurs 6 Championship.com. Thank you for stopping in, my name is Kyle Ledbetter, and we are so excited to be sharing our book with all of you, and we thank you for supporting our dreams. We'll talk to you again on Monday, and in the meantime... Take it easy.